Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey, happy President's Day! What are you guys going to do to celebrate President's Day? It's always a big day on the calendar every year. I'm going to work, you know, we'll go get an oil tank. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Nice, that's the best and way to celebrate. We'll be to buying a car for a President's Day sale. Buying a car on President's no, Day? I'm pretty sure they're going to talk me into it. Oh, okay. So I my loan is it's almost at the maturity. So I already know when I go in here today. What I got they expect. it. So, so, so you about to drop some dead presidents on President's Day. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> I like that. You man. know what President's Day really has become is a mattress sale. Yeah. Like, you know, that's yeah. like it. Levin Furniture. Get your pillow <laughs> Come in here. and get a $9,000 mattress for $150. Bro, the, these dudes, they, they'll get you together too. That, that Levin Furniture, boy. Man, you if you go in one of them, uh, when they got a sleep number, they'll be trying to sell you, sir, G. Bush, your sleep number. I've heard about your neck, sir. And your neck has yeah, been. You need you, the sleep you, number. You need a sleep number. I'm like, listen, don't maybe hit you up like them lawyers that once you be in an accident. Yeah. Gee, Bush, I've heard about your neck. Yeah, let's <laughs> I see. got the sleep number bed. Yeah, thing. I got you. Every, everything. I'm like, every lawyer know is pre-existing. So. You know what they've done now is they've partnered with sports leagues. That's the sleep true. number is partnered with the NFL. I seen. Uh, I and seen I think they Jamar gave Chase. all of them free beds, so I, they say three fourths of our players sleep on our beds. Them, them beds be like. Twelve thousand too. It ain't be saying. Yeah, no, they're not straight, cheap. They be saying it with a straight face, and I'm like, listen, what I got ain't got nothing to do with no bed. If you got to take medicine to go to sleep, it don't matter what bed you sleep <laughs> you in. You sleep on a concrete. You, you could be the three little pigs. I could be sleeping on some, a bed full of hay and, and, and be gone by what, what I got. I hope everybody has a happy uh, President's Day. We're <laughs> yeah. never really sure how to celebrate that. I'm gonna watch NASCAR. The, oh, whole, the whole right. damn weekend was rained out. The 500. The is Xfinity four, race. Four o'clock today. Four o'clock today. Wow, and we've got, of course, Matt Collick. We'll have yeah. two cars in the field, right? Yeah, I put money on A.J. Allmendinger. Nice. So Very nice. That's where my fan doing money went. There you go. Man, I, listen. That's yeah. not his course. I, he likes the road courses. Yeah, but you know what? Daytona's the wild cards. You know that. So. Yeah, it is. Who's in best position at lap with with two miles to go? Yeah. That's, on lap that's, 200. That's, that's the best way. I'll be the reckless, yeah. dude. I'll be down 15 laps all in somebody's rear view, bumping them. Here I come. They're, they're like, Jeep Bush, come on, bro. You ain't even in the race. Nope. It, Everything's it, fair game. It gets game. so tricky with teams, <laughs> and they have, you know, they, they get help from teammates. Yeah. And Manufacturer I think Team Gibbs has like four cars. Right. Here's the here's the crazy part, because Denny Hamlin drives for Joe Gibbs. Yes, he does. But he's part owner with Michael Jordan. Yeah, of, with the, one of the 45 and, and the 23. That's and bizarre. So you got Tyler Reddick and you got Bubba Wallace competing in the same event Man. as Denny Hamlin. And I was watching this NASCAR series on uh, Netflix and Denny talked about it. You know, I'm an owner, so he's he finds himself torn all the time. Like, what do I do in these situations? Man, so, I don't very bizarre. I don't trust no team sports besides the ones that we play in middle school. Like when, when they had the Tour de France and then that your boy uh, had everybody else on his squad. I'm like, how does everybody be yeah. on one team, but we only want Armstrong to win? And I always felt sorry for the rabbit. Yeah. The rabbit <laughs> is the guy that sprints out to tire everybody else out. Like he's got no chance. None at Sacrificial all. lamb. So so your boy can come up here on steroids <laughs> yeah. and get the trophy. He can come up here all strong and fresh. That's Jeff, nice. you've been in the mountains. You've been in the mountains for 15 weeks. You fresh still? And that's funny because that that uh, that yellow rubber band it used to be part of the wardrobe in the hood. Like that was part of your get up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was that, just part crazy. of the Armstrong. That's crazy, yeah. that's crazy that you brought that up. That was like one of the first ones, I think. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah just yeah. a simple rubber band. It was it was part of your everyday outfit. You messed, wow. messed up everybody's kids. <laughs> Man, I'm exhausted after that NBA All Star game. Woo! <laughs> what a oh, what a barn burner. To say the league has a problem on its hands is an understatement. When the commissioner comes out and openly questions the effort of his players after on Jay, one of the biggest stages. After spending the whole first half of the season Pumping promising it it's going to be a more competitive effort. That's my goal. That's the, Joe Dumars, the Player Association president. It's going to be a competitive contest, guys. It didn't happen. 
Nope. You know, here's what it felt like to me. You know when a parent is with the kid in the in the department store and they're saying, "Don't you embarrass me," <laughs> and the kid is like inside going, "What are you gonna do to me?" Then starts screaming, "Mom, let go, let go!" <laughs> it was <laughs> literally like the players telling the commissioner, "No, our league. Yeah, we decide what happens. I mean, you're not gonna tell us that we have to give Max." Max effort. Yeah. It, that's what it's come to. Can our players please try, please I try mean, harder? And it was the marquee dudes when the LeBron Brown was over there having conversations and it looked like a pickup and, game. And Steph Curry is like, ah, Luca throwing up half court shots with his left hand, laughing about it. And, then, was, and then, it literally, they, I, I honestly think they were doing that on purpose just got, to upstage the commissioner. Got hung on the rim. He threw the ball up and got hung. And it's like, the, come on, Luca. I know for a fact. I know for a fact you better than this. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch. We're going to talk about that for the first part of the show. Mikey McNuggets on our call this morning said, I, I didn't sleep last night. He's so torn up about this. I couldn't sleep. I'm taking this very seriously. I came up with five ways to fix it. So that's coming up at like what? 35? Yeah, we're going to talk about the game and the yeah. weekend itself, and I'm going to tell you how we can fix we'll it, see. and I suck at sleeping. Like, Are you confident that this is going to fix it? I told Earl this morning, Earl, preview real quick. I think I, I think I sold you over on a couple. Of Is things. it working? He he got some very creative ideas okay. on, on how to fix NBA All-Star weekend in general. Not yeah, just because the game it's itself, gone from but. one of the pillar events to the league, of the league yeah. to really, like, why are we doing this? The three-point shootout was the best. And well, then, of course, yeah. Steph versus Sabrina, that was fun. But, that was fun to watch. We're going to talk about that in a second. Other than that. Yeah, it was. I mean, when you got for the second year in a row, a do, this is what would embarrass me if I'm a player for the second year in a row. To me, what used to be the pinnacle event of the weekend was the slam dunk contest. Now it's like, I don't even know if it, are they still doing it? The guy that's won the last two years isn't even a player in the league. Yeah. It, wouldn't that motivate you if you're a player to say, I got to up my game. I can't have this guy coming in here and winning it for two years in a the, row. The crazy part about it, the guy with the biggest name that was in the slam dunk contest really didn't Jaylen, impress at all. Jalen Brown was not impressed at all. Jalen Brown was doing, do, doing Sours Middle School dunks. <laughs> nine <laughs> foot gold dunks. I, I mean, these are Remember the, when we put the rim down to nine foot and turn out grand, 360 grand backwards? Grand Slam USA dunks. Like this dude... I mean, it was bad. I mean, it, he tried to, he tried everything. He turned, they turned the curtain, the, the court to the Boston Garden. Nobody cheered. Tatum, <laughs> Tatum came out in a King of the North polar bear, white tiger ranger, uh, John Snow hoodie, uh, uh, overcoat, trench mafia coat. This guy still didn't get no cheers from that. And they're like, listen, we don't, we don't, we don't really, yeah. It's it was, crazy how far that event has fallen. Yeah, it has. It was cool, though. He threw his brother's jersey on, his late brother. Yeah. Like, like for one of the ducks. That was the coolest thing about it. But the three-point shootout, I told Mike, it should be last. I think the three-point shootout Is should be Is that the pinnacle now for Ray, you? Reggie Miller said the same thing. Like, because like, you think about it, you had everybody in the first round score over 20, and then 26 seemed to be the magic number to get to the finals. Right. Like, to me, that was the most competitive event. Of, yeah, of it's, it, that at least is still compelling. But the slam dunk contest to me. Is, ah, yeah, and we're going to talk about it all. Then I'll give you my fixes. We're going to talk a little Browns championship DNA. The Guardians trying to explain to us why they didn't spend a lot of money. A little Imani Bates and LeBron James as well. But first... As always, if you're trying to score buckets in the second half of the NFL season, you can do so on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA teams and players with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA an official sportsbook partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I got a five-pack of questions for you guys on All-Star Weekend. Then we'll get to my fixes, but let's start with the five-pack of questions. Donovan right. Mitchell, in the All-Star game itself, scored nine points. Last season in Salt Lake City, he scored 40, played like his head was on fire. On Tuesday's Ultimate Cavs show, Jason and I talked about one of the differentiating factors between Mitchell and a lot of other stars in the league is he plays hard every time he's on the court. He does. Last night, decided to mail it in just like most players did. I'm not mad at Donovan, not necessarily disappointed, but I'll be honest, I was a little surprised that he didn't take it as seriously as he had in the past. Were you guys, question number one, 
Were you guys also surprised I, that Donovan played with as little effort as he did last night? I think, was it a protest that he wasn't a starter? Potentially. I, I feel there's something there with that. I, like, I think he deserves to be a starter. I know we talked about this before the team was selected. At, you know, at whose peril is he a starter? I just think that when I watch Donovan Mitchell play, yeah, he's a starter in the All-Star game. So I think part of it was in protest. And I also think, and I could be wrong on this, I think that there was a concerted effort by the players to do what they did last night. Let's go out and give them a practice show. Let's go out and nobody, nobody, give, nobody gives max effort. I think it was, it was really an opportunity for them, and they took it. Kind of embarrassed the commissioner. That, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too cynical. I just felt like that's what it was. So I can't blame Donovan Mitchell because I didn't see anybody giving effort and playing it like it was a game that they were taking even a smidge seriously. Yeah, I think I, I think what they're trying to that, that, it's almost like they talk to the guys from the football um, NFL. <laughs> so y'all still playing all star games? You're still we? trying in that? Like, come on, bro! It's time to get rid of that. Like that to me is what they should be doing is it should be rising stars. It should be I like the men versus women stuff in the shootout. I thought that was the best. I thought that was the best part of the uh, of the weekend from a drama from, standpoint. From a drama no standpoint. Point, um, I like that. Um, and even Steph Curry, when I, when I, so here's the thing, even when Steph Curry does that with, uh, with, with, with Sabrina, it's crazy because they had already consulted, already came to the conclusion that if Steph was in the regular three point contest, it was unfair. They're like, yeah, well, Steph can't be in there. He's the best shooter of all time. Let him, I want to see more. I want to see more competition that way and more of a something for the fans. But like I'm saying to, to me, I'm I'm kind of overseeing LeBron or any All Star do anything. Um, they could just hold up number tens real hard and real high when some some young guy does something cool. Yeah. I, I can see where Jay is coming from as far of as far as like it might have been a sense of pettiness from Donovan Mitchell as you know I should have been a starter so whatever. But I looked at it as like he got bigger fish to fry. You know he didn't ex- exhilarate much effort. He really didn't play that hard. He really could care less. But I seen a video immediately uh, after he got dressed and was leaving the arena of him talking about, you know, back to the back to the grind, back to work. You know, we got business to take care of. So I think he went, he represented the city of Cleveland well, but I don't think he really gave a damn about that. I think he's looking at this like I got more important stuff to worry about. I got bigger fish to fry. Second half of the season starts Thursday against the Philadelphia 76ers. I can give a damn about this exhibition game. Let me go out here, play around for a little bit, but make sure that I'm not really, you know, pressing the issue because we're chasing bigger things with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm okay with that, too. I mean, last year, he, when you go all out in the All-Star game, really, what does it get you? Nothing. None. Nothing. No, Nothing none of that all. that happened. It's like a tree falling in the forest and no one's there. Does it make a sound? No. Like, at the end of the day, what does this accomplish? Absolutely, positively nothing. What about, and this might be one of your things in the, uh, in the five. Baseball tried this for a while, now it's gone. What if the winning conference gets home field in the NBA Finals? Well, so one of, some of my suggestions when we get to it, Jay, are incentive-based that would hopefully make the play. So I'm going I'm to put a pin in that because I want to come back to that okay. in a little. Let's get to the second question of the five-pack of questions for All-Star Weekend. Gee, this one's start with you. How big of a fan were you of Donovan coming out in the three-point shootout with the Money Merrill throwback Cleveland Cavs jersey? If you didn't see it, Steve, take tag board full. But he did a little homage to his guy Sam Merrill, who should have been in the three-point contest, wearing number five Money Merrill. How much did you like this move from our guy Spike? I mean, I thought it was dope, man. Like, see, that's why Donovan is a cool dude. Like, you know, he's a dude that that is big enough for somebody who I, I, should, I felt it should have been in the three-point contest. It was easy money to put them in there. However, I'm with Earl. I think the three-point contest has become the marquee thing. So now you got stars like, you know, I'm 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 actually surprised they put him and Jalen Brunson in. I, I guess because you look at it, Cat uh, had won it last year as a big man. Um, you know, they could easily put Steph Curry or Klay Thompson in it every single year. I think this is, you know, Dame Dollar is in it. He won it two years in a row now, too. So I think that's the marquee, you know, the marquee thing people come to watch as the most expense. But I like the fact that 
He's showing this man some love. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, Sam Merrill, if he plays well in the playoffs and down the stretch, next year he'll, he'll be a part of it. Um, and I think guy, watching guys like Sam Merrill <laughs> should be one of the reasons why people tune into the, these these events to see younger stars and younger players do it. Yeah. First Make it a showcase for right. what's next. Yeah. That is like, that particular Cavs jersey is like top three in my favorite Cavs alternate jerseys of all times. Shout out to uh, to, to Spider Mitchell going out there repping the money, the money Merrill jersey. I think I think that it was a good way to show you know you're all in with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was a good way to represent the city of Cleveland on a on a national level and just show some love to your teammate. You know we have a lot of conversations at nauseum about when does Donovan Mitchell leave in the Cleveland Cavaliers, but even if he do leave, we don't get this dude enough credit I think for just being a constant pro. Like all, always showing that he's all in with the city of Cleveland, supporting his teammates. He's always on social media, giving Sam Merrill love, giving Jared Allen love, giving Imani Bates love. Like he's showing that he's a part of this and he wants to be a part of this. And when you do things like that, like it goes a long way and just, you know, increasing how much you're a fan favorite in this city, regardless of all of that. You know, Earl, you just said something that made me think about that, man. I was watching this, and this is just me reading it. This is me looking at body language. I could be right. I could be wrong. For me, it don't seem like... It don't seem like Donovan Mitchell and, and, and Jalen Brunson strike me as the guys that's like, yeah, let me go just play with that guy. Jalen Brunson came in, was sitting on that bench, and he was in the three-point shootout, and he was all about business. Jalen Brunson was over there like, yeah, I ain't talking to nobody. I don't need to talk to nobody. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm, yeah, I'm cool. And then Donovan Mitchell was sitting next to him, and it wasn't like they was kumbaya. I think when I look at it as the season continues to progress on, it almost seems like Donovan Mitchell, he, yeah, you can go to New York, but is you really going to get the love? Like, let's be clear. They love Jalen Brunson in New York. And Jalen Brunson is trying to beat you. And he has been beating you. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to take a max deal to go what? Share the ball with Jalen Brunson? At least here, they'll give you the ball and you get the ball over anybody. Like, I think as you start to look at this thing progress, it's going to get harder and harder and harder for him to go to New York. Uh, well, unless there was, he wants there was to a report over All-Star Weekend that, you know, all these rumors that Donovan Mitchell wants out are not true. Now, we don't know the validity of that report. Right. We don't know, you know, we don't know the validity of all the reports that he wanted out. A lot of people are talking about it, but I saw, we don't know. I saw one report, or one, one, it wasn't a report. He was examining all the reports surrounding the Donovan Mitchell situation, and I'm drawing a blank on who it was, but I think it was, Who's the guy that writes in Dallas? Stein. I think it was Mark Stein. Mark Stein. ESPN. And said all the narratives of Donovan wanting to leave are coming from rival executives. All the narratives that Donovan loves Cleveland are coming from inside Cleveland, which makes perfect sense. Player. Sure. Inside Cleveland, they're going to push the he's happy narrative. Outside Cleveland, they're going to push the he's not happy. Pick and choose what you want to believe. Who I knows the truth? But always when you see those reports, look where it's coming from, and you can kind of see the agenda behind any of it. Yeah, and there was the other, the other person that reported that Donovan Mitchell is fine here claimed that those rumors were also being started by another Eastern Conference executive. Look, that the gamesmanship that goes on at this level mm -hmm. is it, it's GM warfare. And rumors are floated. You whisper it in a reporter's ear, and it's like a game of telephone. You know, by the time it makes its way to a, to a print report or to a broadcast report, it might be far different from what it was when it was whispered into someone's ear. Yeah. That happens a lot, especially at this level. I, here's what I know. I would imagine that Kobe has sat down with either Spider or his agent mm -hmm. and said, a lot of smoke out there. I want to clear it. I want to know where's your guy. Is he here or is he halfway gone? That's going to help us in our decision-making moving forward. They have a right to know that. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully everybody's being a man, being forthcoming, and during the, that conversation, which I would have assumed happened before the All-Star break. You would assume, yeah. I would hope it did. Before the trade deadline, specifically. That's what I meant, the trade deadline. And that there would have been a real come-to-Jesus talk. Where are you? Right now, February 1st, where is your mind? Right. We've, you know, are you here for the duration of this contract? Or are you already thinking about an exit strategy? 
because we have a right to know. Don't write a Dear John letter the day before that this, all this goes down. Mm-hmm. Like, so where are we? And I'm assuming that happened, and I'm assuming that the Cavs were happy with the answer because they didn't do anything. They didn't try to move him. There was a lot of talk that maybe he was going to be moved. Nothing happened. There was some talk that maybe the Cavs would be interested in making another move. I'm wondering, to your point, G, if last year wasn't if, – if when, when Donovan Mitchell at the end of the season didn't take inventory – he sat down and said, okay, let me go through in my mind in a little slow motion here what just happened in a blur. I came to Cleveland with a lot of fanfare. There were people that thought we could win a championship. We won 52 games. We flamed out awfully in the playoffs. Uh, he played very hard in the All-Star game and had a lot of people talking about his talents there. So my hope is when he took inventory, said, okay, what really mattered? Did the regular season matter? No. Did the All-Star game matter? No. Did all the hype matter? Not really. The playoffs is how he's building his legacy now. We know him to be a great NBA player. Mm -hmm. He's, by some counts, a top 10 or top 15 player. If he's thinking legacy long-term, does he really want to be that guy that plays for three teams in six, seven years? Five years, really, if you count his last in Utah, a couple here, it could be less than that. Or is he saying now that the pieces and parts look different in Cleveland? Wait a minute. This is the team that can win it. And now maybe he's put to put to bed this notion of going to play for New York. And, and that's what I was about to say. I think that, you know, since, since he's been here, when we hear him talk, he's prioritized winning. He's always said, I just want to win. And I think he's done a great job of putting pressure on the Cavs organization to put him in a situation to have more success, more success than he did in Utah and to win. And like you just alluded to, you look at the pieces that's in place now, you look at this team now, you look at the chemistry and how everything is going now. If winning is what this thing is all about, then you are more incentivized, in my opinion, to stay in Cleveland than you are to go to New York. You know what I mean? That's just me. Because if this thing is about winning, I think it's being proven that you can win here and that you can be one of the upper echelon teams in the Eastern Conference and in the entire NBA. We're past the days where, you know, you had the LeBron James that was dominating this era. And I don't think that, I think super teams are still real, but I don't think super teams kind of like win championships the way that they used to. You need four teams like the Denver Nuggets did last year. And I think that's the trajectory of the NBA. And if you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers now, this is a very young, talented roster with a lot of upside being led by Donovan Mitchell. And I think if things continue to be how they are now, I don't see a reason why he would want to leave. I, I think I think they'd be lying. <laughs> don't be truthful with you. Who's like, they? I think these the players be lying. Like it, players are yes, they're basketball players, but they they have professions just like we do, right? When you're choosing a job or you're choosing a, a, a place to work, right, you look at a couple of different things. Are you making a lateral move or are you making a move up? A lateral move is like, okay, I'm going to move from where I'm doing right now and go to another place that I don't know nobody. That, you taught a Cleveland, yeah, lateral? It, oh, listen, that is actually, to be truthful, he thought it was a lateral move, but I think afterwards he found out it was an upgrade because – he felt like when they had Rudy Gobert, they had hit a wall of what they could be with that team playing that style. Right. You get to Cleveland. Now you're like, okay, well, let me see what we got. You got young bigs. You got moldable bigs. Bigs that, like, you know, Jared Allen and Mobley are going to play the way that, you know, they, the coach wants them to play. Like, they're moldable. They're not like... They're, they're not looking around like, hey, I'm the defensive player of the year. This is how I'm going to do it. Or I'm James Harden or something like that. Also, they look at the money. The money, all right, am I going to get a max deal? Yeah, you'll get a max deal. Okay, um, how do I get along with the other best player on the team? Darius Garland seems to be very moldable. Guy that does not have that dominant personality where you're going to clash heads with, cool. Will, hey, how do I get along with my coach? Can JB play a different way? I think part of the reason he didn't get along with JB to start with was because he wasn't playing the way he wanted to. They go out, to they do the, the, the four out, one in. They're successful. They're second in the East. And now you start to think like, oh, okay, well, let me look. If I do go to New York, you're not going to have all them pieces and parts they got right now because they got to get a calf something. 
So when you go and you get there, it's going to be you, Jalen Brunson, and some pieces, probably Julius Randle. That's it. All the rest of them first-round picks, all the rest of them little the, the, the scrappers and the rebounders and the 3 and D guys, them is on their way somewhere else to make the, the deal work. So if you're a smart man, like I think he is, I think he's a, a highly intelligent guy the, based on the way he, he, he talks and what he doesn't say, I think he looked at this, the, the paperwork and was like, well, lo and behold, Cleveland got a better roster. They got better younger talent. I got more control here. This fan base is really good. I could do my thing. And I think it's better than Utah. I think it's better than I think it's better than living in New York. And now he just seems to be more content because he's like, oh, I, I can win here. He, he just had to get the nasty taste out of his mouth from taking that L to New York. Hopefully he did, and he's moved on. I mean, I, your, your point about the players lie, that's an interesting one. Um, sometimes it's, I think players are emotional like everybody else. Like, it, the last thing you want to do is ask someone after a bad day at work, you happy with your job? Because you're going to get all the baggage they yeah, just right. left the office with. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not. My boss is a tyrant. Uh, it, it's like a sweatshop. I work 12-hour days. I, 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 you know, but ask them after uh, Friday when they're you know, just coming off a great work day and they're getting ready to go into the weekend. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, so your environment sort of taints your impression of what's going on in your, in your situation. And maybe early on he was unhappy and he spouted off to a reporter thinking that it was, you know, it was okay to do that. And the word got out there. Look, I think it takes care of itself. If the Cavs make a deep run in the East this year, he'll be back. That's yeah. the that's the bottom line. Cavs lose in the first Win. round, everything's on the table. If they make a deep run, I'd be surprised Adam doesn't resign. All right, I, next I, question. I, I agree with that. Next question. This is from the Athletic Steve Take Tagboard Full here. The NBA had 10 million unique viewers for All Star Saturday across TNT, True TV, and Bleacher Sports Sports on Max, up 54 percent from last year. Interesting note: viewership peaked with 5.4 million viewers <coughs> during the 10-10 to 10-15 window, which was the Steph versus Sabrina three-point shootout. Earl, we'll start with you. Was that the best part of All-Star Weekend, and should it become a mandatory event at All-Star Weekends moving forward? Man, yes and yes. I had a lot of fun watching Sabrina versus Steph, and I think going forward, you should incorporate an event like this uh, every single year. Reggie Miller had this great idea of possibly Klay Thompson and Steph Curry versus Sabrina and Caitlin Clark. I think that would be pretty dope. I think when you see the jump in numbers from, from viewership, I think you're getting NBA fans, WNBA fans. I think you're getting supporters of women college sports, women high school sports that's tuning in to see this young lady do something that's monumental. I know that uh, you know my daughters was really locked in and tuned in to this. This was their favorite part of the event. And to see Sabrina actually go out there and represent well, she did her league a lot of favors, mm -hmm. and I think that she did a lot um, with the confidence boost of, of young women. She went out there cold, Jay. They're not even in season. 26 points from the NBA three-point line. And so, to me, this was the best part of, of the entire event. It was a lot of fun, and I think this is something that they should definitely continue to uh, do going forward because the women's game is growing. I agree with you on everything you said. Yes, they should make it mandatory. They should do it every year. I would almost like to see more inclusion of the women in All-Star Weekend. So here's what I have in mind. You have a tournament with the top five, eight shooters in the WNBA. Mm -hmm. And you have a tournament with the top five or eight three-point shooters in the NBA. And the grand finale to that is they meet in the finals. Right. And you could have a female winner. Now, there was some controversy this weekend. Was it Kenny Smith? Who, who yeah, made the... Kenny Smith said he shouldn't have said that. I don't know why well, he said it. Well, let's parse that out for a second because um, he got killed for saying it. Oh, yeah. About the ball she shot with? No, she shot with the women's the ball. Three -point right. line. He said she should have shot from the women's three-point line. And people lost their minds over that. But – She's already shooting with the women's regulation ball. The sh when they shoot, when they shoot threes, uh -huh. when you're when you're in the gym and you're practicing threes. Now Steph is different. Steph is a completely different animal. The three is not a challenging shot to him, so he just extended his range. And when he shoots, 
He shoots from way behind the line. Dame Lillard, too. Dame is another one. He does that, too. My guess is that the women, for a lot of different reasons, one of which being strength, when they shoot their threes, I'm guessing they shoot them toes on line or as close to the line as they can be. Um, So on the surface, Kenny Smith was railed for his comment, but let's talk about that for a second. Does it make more sense to let the women in the competition shoot from the women's line and the men shoot from the men's line when, after all, they are using the smaller, easier to shoot with ball in the first place? So it's not like it's an apples to apples competition to begin with. Um, shoot I don't or shoot. Think the, I, I don't care. Think, shoot or shoot. I don't think the I don't think the women would ever do it. Um, they want to they want to go head to head and show that they can play. Then why not use the men's ball? Because that that's a that's an abridge too far. Oh, um, I see. They, so they don't want to go all the way. They don't want to go all the way. I we, see. we just like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not trying to give all my advantages away. I'm you want me to shoot with this ball too? Nah, I'm cool. Like. Uh, yeah, I think they would never do it because that's the, the distance is what they're asking for, right? I think somebody can tell, I, they can sell yourself one. All right, well, their hands are smaller. Yeah, it's hard for them to pull them a basketball. Yeah, let's go ahead and just let them get their money off. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. I thought <laughs> I thought he was going to get in trouble when he, was t- when he was talking about playing with dolls and stuff. Yeah, was that, like, that, well, I was, that was like, whoa. I was like, hey, man, we don't, you know what I'm saying? We, we, listen, we, you didn't go through that corporate compliance. You didn't go through that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go through that. He missed that day at <laughs> work. Day, you can't, hey, I ain't make no, hey, you, listen, I, you ain't heard me say nothing about no toys or nothing. We forget that. But no, I thought he was going to get in trouble for that. But look, at that point, it was like, I think, what's the name? Safety him a little bit. Uh, I think uh, Ernie tried to say, oh, we're going we to move away from that. I don't know how much money they give Ernie just to move these guys away from landmines. That's a very, very important <laughs> job, especially when you <laughs> share the set with Chuck. There was, I was told many times in my role between Skip and Stephen A., you're their life raft. Don't, don't let them dig them a hole they can't let, get out of. Do not let them double down on something too crazy. <laughs> double down on stupid. Don't they, let them uh, do it. I, they I just, gave Sabrina the option to shoot from the women's three-point line. I know, she, said, yeah, no. she said, no, I want to shoot from the, the And listen, that's admirable. And kudos I, to her. Yeah. I think it's I, I thought it was great. She put up the second highest score of anybody. Right. The only person to beat her, men well, or women. I think that what I'm at, and I'll ask it to you, Mike, because you're the one that's adamant about this. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. Well, what if what if we gave him a ball that was even bigger? Shoot well, or shoot. I mean, like, it's a harder shot taking a step and a half back from where the woman's three-point line is, so it makes her score even more impressive. Granted, the ball is an inch smaller, which does give a, a decent di- a decent so, difference the amount of surface area. In the, the shooter's shoot vein, why not? Use the regulation ball. The men's regulation. But she doesn't ball. practice with that. That that's completely. It's one thing to shoot as three where you yeah. step back. If you're used to shooting with the women's ball, the men's ball is heavier. It's bigger. It's a whole different configuration on shooting. So absolutely. It's. I but think that, it's more, like I said. A more I think, natural I step think back. Her yeah. shooting all of those shots from 18 inches back. Even more impressive. Changes yeah. it too. It's a different configuration. Yeah. That's probably not where she tests her range from. That's no, probably not where her. she's in the gym to her. working on the three-point shot. She had to adjust, and that was that's a hell of an well, adjustment and, to and make. Earl, I know you're going to hop in on this a sec, but in the WNBA All-Star game this previous season, she set the all-time three-point shootout right. record with 36 points shooting from the women's three-point line. So <laughs> she can do it from the NBA range, WNBA range, shoot or shoot, she can shoot. And, uh, and, kudos and by to the her. way, kudos to her. if the league was smart, uh, they want to capitalize on her popularity. Women's basketball right now is, to me, it's at an all-time pinnacle. It, I, I really think it is with Caitlin Clark, with what's going on in the women's game in, co- in, in college. college. Now, yeah. it, but here's the thing: all of this interest in the college game, as Caitlin Clark and some of these other superstars that are playing in college right now make it to the WNBA, they're going to have more of a following than yesterday's stars brought yes. with them because they didn't have that kind of attention. So. If, if I'm the NBA, I am banking on Sabrina. Go check out her Instagram page. Listen, listen, we, like, like she this has girl all has new followers. No, all no, no, dead serious. About seven years ago, and you, you did a story on this person I'm about to talk about. About seven years ago, I absolutely fell in love with women's basketball. I remember going to Gilmore Academy and watching Nas Hillman hoop all the time, right? Yep. And as I started following her through her collegiate career. I uncovered people like Caitlin Clark, and I'm exactly. like, damn, this girl is a baller. I seen Nas drop 50 for Michigan against Ohio State, and the girl don't shoot threes. 
You see what I'm That's saying? Crazy. Sure. So like when you start paying attention, you see the like they're very competitive. They want to win and they want to prove themselves that hey, we are real athletes too and we got this. And then with me having daughters that that play basketball, I find myself more interested in you're right. The game is growing, especially on a collegiate level. And you starting to see it transfer over into the WNBA. And if that league is going to ever have some real success, then I think that the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, needs to continue to do things like this yes. to integrate them with these NBA To me, that was stars. the success of the weekend. Yeah, so the that they can, between the so they continue to get the recognition that they and, deserve. And Gilbert Arenas had a very good take on this. He, Gilbert Arenas, I watch his show on, on the internet. Gilbert Arenas talks about how, you know, the momentum in co women's college basketball is right now, that those are the stars. Like, it's very rare. He said in the NBA, you got to wait your turn. You, you got to get up here and you get here and you keep going. And as you continue to go get older, you continue to get, you know, you have more fame, you have more accolades. He's like, but the stars are the girls in, in, that are in college right now. No they're, doubt. They're making more money than they than they would make in college due to NIL than they're making in the in, I think in I read WNBA. that. Where Caitlin Clark, is she making $7 million? Yeah, yeah. None of the NIL numbers are officially released, but okay, she so is making in the seven figures for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I saw a report that said exactly what you just said. Why did Caitlin Clark stay? Well, that's simple. She She's can making stay again more next money year, at Iowa than she can make at WNBA. She can and stay another year. There was a rumor that she was making around $7 million. All I know I is I've seen her on State Farm. I <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. The State Farm bag is, is legit. And the crazy part about it is they're not even in season, right? So they got to go across seas, get a bag, come back. And the season ain't even. Ain't, ain't oh, even for the WNBA yeah, players. Ain't yeah, even no, that's true. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so it's difficult, man. <laughs> like, like you, they got to do it. They got to get more support for, for Now, the only thing is, so, but Caitlin's the only one making that kind of money. That, yeah, that's it. That's it. There's one. And, and Paige, other, Paige Beckers with their but, Gatorade but, oh, deal. Girl from yeah, that's true. There's but, two. But, oh, but oh, Caitlin, I think in her, I don't know what the numbers the are. League, when you break the NCAA Division yeah. One all-time scoring record, and it probably won't ever be broken again, yeah. you deserve every million dollars that you got. That's right. You was about to mention Angel Reese, right? Yeah, she's getting she, a lot of she, bread. She's she another one. Money. She's getting a whole lot of money from, from these NIL deals, and rightfully so because it's unfortunate that these women that's playing in the WNBA – are not getting paid the way that they want to. And some people might be more passionate about it than others. I have a daughter with hoop dreams. Wow. So it's something that really, really I'm paying attention to. Yeah. It's something that I want to see. She happen. has someone to look up to. Yeah. Like before we turn the page on this, Mike, I have a question for you. Cause shoot. I don't know. I've never watched the WNBA all-star game. Are they competitive? I'll be honest. All I know is Sabrina broke the three-point record because I saw it on Twitter. I didn't watch it. I have, I have no yeah, I feel I, like anytime I I'm watch women's hoops, I feel like it's competitive. That's I just do me. Too. I've never watched a WNBA game, which I've watched very little of their games. But when, I, when I've when i watched them, I have what I've come away with is like, man, these girls fight. They scrap. They want to win. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not that way in the WNBA All-Star game. I, maybe they mail it in like the guys do now. But I'm anxious to hear, Mike, your five ways to fix this because it's broken. We're going to get to that in one sec. Two things on the last that will, yes or no answer because I want to fly through this. Dunk contest officially dead, yes or no? We don't yes. have to. Yes, Has okay. Been for me. In, my, in the words of Jay Crawford, the dunk contest is dead to me. <laughs> okay, and lastly, the NBA attempted their new LED court. Steve, you can take tag board full ant and you can play this. It was different colors. It was green for the three-point shootout. It changed colors for the dunk contest. Were you a fan of the LED courts? I guess G was. I, listen, I felt like that was the second best part of the show was finding <laughs> out what, gonna put, what they was going to put on the court. Now, look, I think that everybody need to go to these, and this is a good way of keeping people entertained between halftime and high, between timeouts and team timeouts. I love the LED court. Well, I, they didn't play the game on that, right? No, no, no. They didn't play the game. No, no. So my question is, <laughs> that's what everybody looked like. LEDG. Everybody had a green tint to them. He LEDG My question now. is this. Here's, here's my question. I'm still shining. They didn't play the game on it. Why? Uh, it, it can't it, feel it, like an NBA court. No, it's no. distracting. It can't. It's distracting. Aside from the distracting part of it, because to your point, if you could use it in half times and timeouts, that would be great. Yeah. But I'm I can't imagine the ball dribbles the same on it. It's not wood. 
Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Man, but they did the dunk contest on it. So here, well, again, it's not it's not a game that you would you wouldn't you're not compromising the integrity oh, of the but dunk contest. But you're jumping 50 inches and landing on it. So, yeah, I get that. Balance. I get that. But no, I'm not saying it doesn't have takeoff. But to me, I would imagine <laughs> that every player that dribbled the ball on that court would say, oh, yeah, it's dead. It's not It's not the same. I guess I've the seen same Steph thing. Curry in pregame dribbling the ball around going, nope, that, floor, that, that, that piece of wood right there needs removed. I, it's dead. I think it would be kind of playing if you're in a Cleveland area, if you know, you know, if you play basketball. In high school, um, we used to play uh, Cleveland St. Joe. And Cleveland St. Joe used to have this tile floor. It was great. It was, it's tight. It's not even, it wasn't even it's wood. About, uh, it's VA, like an elementary VA, school VA, gymnasium. Via Angela St. Joe. Okay, yeah, yeah. You remember what yeah, I'm talking about? They, so, they were on 185th. I yeah, know exactly yeah, so what you're I'm talking like, about. So I'm like, man, we playing Via St. Joe. And I'm up here, we, we get we in layup line. And I'm like, this is a this is a church community center for <laughs> They about to have elementary praise. school gym. Yeah, this is praise and worship after this. With the with the, the youth team, the, like <laughs> Pastor Fred is going to come up here and do praise and worship afterwards. And I'm everything's like, different. The reflection weird. of the ball yeah, is different. Crazy. Everything is different. So I just think that I know it was a gimmick, and I know a lot of people like when they saw it, particularly younger fans, when they saw it, they were like blown away. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. That, there that, was a cool factor to it, but. Steve weighed in in the chat, Director Steve, that everybody looked like the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz because everybody <laughs> had that green glow from the light coming up on them. It mm. was kind of odd. I thought it was a cool feature. I don't know if I want it on a daily basis in the NBA, but for halftime entertainment and stuff, I definitely think there is potential benefits it, down the road It's a gimmick. integrating it in. Yeah. Are any of you guys bowlers? Yes. Okay, so I'm not. I, 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 I haven't bowled in a league in years and years and years. Once upon a time, I did. And I took it pretty seriously. When right. I went, I wanted to bowl 300 every game. That's, uh, that, that's that you got had. When I, when I, uh, my kids, we still like to bowl, even now. Corey comes in, you know, hey, let's go to the bowling, bowling alley and roll some games. When we go there and they've got the glow bowl where all the lights are turned out, the, it's like uh, disco bowling, bowling, but the, the pins are the lit. Co- you tell, yeah, I'm like, oh, bowling. no, 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 no. <laughs> I ain't about to bowl no 300 in the dark. The glow bowl. It's a gimmick. Cosmic, cosmic, cosmic bowl. Bowling. Now, when you go to cosmic bowling, it's usually like seven to eight thirty, and you got you got a pizza party down there. To the all left. Chuck E. Cheese kids. All the Chuck E. Cheese, and they got the and usually they have synthetic lanes. Now them synthetic lanes don't got no oil pattern on. No, them. you ain't. If you it's throw not for a hook, serious bowling. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it, look, they got the bump, the buddy bumpers out. I don't do that either. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you, if you want to fight, if you want to turn away somebody and see them get mad, come to Cosmic Bowling and you go up to that little front desk. I, I thought Cosmic Bowling was on Fridays. <laughs> I came here to get a couple Can I get the lights lane. turned on on my lane? Hey, I don't it's like so funny in the dark. I'm a grown man. I got two balls. And guess what? Pause. Pause. Uh, Pause. But you do have to have. That, was, so, that was crazy. Pause. That, that was. Oh, G. Bush wow. is not Lance Armstrong. Hey. And, and, hey. and I got my own shoes. Hey. And I carry yeah, When you come with the over-the-shoulder <laughs> rack and you got the double set rolling in like and the glove listen and your own shoes you're not here for cosmic bowling listen, no. and whole, i just felt like that was like a cosmic bowling was, gimmick hey that was your best one it was you know your best one you got, hey, two, that, you got two balls yeah 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 two of them one is a straight one and one hook but that is how that's so that the analogy is so crazy no I'm it like, is what? you're right it is yeah if you want to bet on g's bowling game I'm sure FanDuel would have props if we asked them to. You could also bet on all your NBA action. We need with a UCSS bowling out. Uh, can I we was, get we, that done? We already? can definitely do that. I think oh, we can do man. that. Okay. FanDuel is America's Open number it up one to sports the public. book. Unquestioned, undoubtedly, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players, including the Cavs and teams and Donovan Mitchell and all of the above, with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. If you have a winning ticket, make sure you send it to us on Twitter as well to be featured on the show. Jay, you alluded to this before. I just slept like crap last night. I was thinking of ways to make NBA All-Star Weekend better. Right. And in the Olympics, I always thought in the Olympics, they should always have a regular dude participate in all the events just to show how much better 
the Olympians are than a regular person. So my idea to save the dunk contest, and you guys chime in. Let me know how we could tweak this. I'm not sure exactly how we pick the Joe for this example, but I'm going to a pros versus Joes. Right. Pro the Joes have to dunk on an 8-foot rim. The pros have to do it on an 11-foot rim. So G. Bush, for example, let's say Earl's a high flyer. Earl's <laughs> got to do a dunk on an 8-foot rim. Jalen Brown has to match whatever Earl did on the 11-foot rim. And there's a chance that Earl Malden beats Jalen Brown at a dunk contest. It's city by city, so it has to be a representative of said city. So for How this example, rap? that's what I'm saying. I'm not, this is not exactly hammered out. These are the, the broad details. How about details. you just do a sign-up amateur contest? Perfect. And then if it's in Cleveland, the Cleveland representative would face the Cavaliers I'm representative. I'm in. I watch that. And it's a pro versus Joe. Eight, maybe we have to raise it at nine foot if it's too easy. But 11 foot, bro, that is a... Well, we, we've already seen they've done every dunk possible on a 10-foot rim. That's Let's raise true. the stakes. So it's an average Joe, regular dude, versus a pro, 8-foot for the – maybe 9-foot, maybe have to raise it up, versus an 11-foot. The NBA player has, has to match question. the Joe, and that's how they win. Earl, what's your question? 9-foot, I'm coming from the free throw lane, between the legs, reverse 360 tomahawk. You Me. can't even dribble between the legs. Don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. I'm going to be in the air. I'm going to be in the air like this. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to be in the air. Actually, actually, McNuggets, if you go, if you watch, there's a channel online called Ballers Life. They got like, you know, street ballers and guys like that. And they have these dunk contests where they be dunking, doing all kind of crazy stuff. Here's the thing. Those guys can do it on 10-foot rims. Like, these dudes are the best dunkers in the world. For a long time, people used to think that the best jumpers and dunkers were, were in, uh, in the NBA. That's not necessarily true. There's guys out there that can really, really fly. Me? I, I, Earl, look, put him, put him, give Earl that trampoline. He ready to go. Look. I can fly. I and can't dribble, but I can fly. Some of the players said the best part of NBA All-Star Weekend was – the high flying, the two teams that brought the their Pacers high flying dunkers. And the Nuggets, I believe. Pacers and yeah, Pacers were one of them. Like, can you imagine that? One of the players said, "Oh, Anthony that, Davis." The Anthony Davis. The best part was the was the intermission dunkers. Well, well see, here's how. They, <laughs> Man, that's an indictment on your All Stars. Here's how they got to do it, though. You supposed this supposed to be a year long thing, bro. You have to obviously tape it in the summertime or whatever. But you would tape it where you would be going through these regional finals and stuff. And you would have different cities represent different cities. Like you would have a, a Oprah run in Chicago, Oprah run in LA. You would tape it. You would follow the lives of these people and be like, yeah, like, you know, just get to actually know these people. Put it on TV and then play it after one of your games. Like play it after a, a, a TNT game, uh, the Suns versus the, the Wizards or something, and you could play it. So then people at least get to know about it, know about these individuals, right? Because you put it on TV. And then you, you always make it better with the bag. Like, you, you talking, if you want somebody to care, give them life-changing money. Say it's two, three million dollars. Gee, we're getting to the incentives. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry, that's, that's part of yeah. my big plan. Uh, but I, I like your I idea. I thought of that too. I like your idea, G. Like, it just be, you know, I got to tell you, I know that the NBA is saying that there's, these are huge numbers. They're up 54%. 10 million views. Not a lot. For the tent pole event of the mid-season the first for the NBA weekend without football, too. That's abysmal, guys. Yeah. Shannon Sharp has almost 20 million views just interviewing Cat Williams. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and there were no dunks. No dunks at all. <laughs> oh, no, wait, there were dunks. dunks. There was multiple there was dunks. dunks. <laughs> and helmet to helmet contact. That's true. He dunked on no. everybody. Stay away from Club Say Say. True, man. You got to stay away from Club Say Say. Next up, man. the, the three point shootout's the best part of NBA All Star weekend right now. But here's how you make it better instead of racks that they just take the ball off and shoot, we have passers and you get closed out on. And each shot, so your first closeout is like a 5 5 guy. Your second closeout, 5'10". <laughs> Third, 6'2", 4'6", 5", and you get almost a 7-footer closing out. I want to see these guys shooting under pressure, under a time limit. you got to deal with a bad pass here and there. I like the three-point shootout, but I think you add passers and closeouts for that of too. increasing height increments. I thought this was the best idea be fun. Yeah. yeah, I would be. I would 100% be for that. Can I, can I add something to it? Of course. I like the stakes to be a little bit higher. 
I would like you to be in a um, canine police dummy outfit, and then the closeout is a canine renting tent. <laughs> Man, what? And now you have to get like now. I'll watch that. Now, now listen. Can you imagine Steph Curry with the dummy suit with the with the you know they got the arm that like, but you, now you got to close out. You know the dog is coming at you. You know, be like this. You got to close out. <laughs> now side dribble. Yeah, that's pressure for yo. You know what? If he's hitting, if they hit jumper sidestepping canine dogs. That is it. I'm watching it. Yeah, I've probably watched that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the skills competition was an abomination. So we're just erasing yeah, it completely. Terrible. We're going to have these guys just play horse. I don't know if you saw Luca hit two 50-foot rainbow shots. You had Steph hit it from the crowd. Just play horse. That'll be more entertaining. Trust me. We don't have to talk about that. The All-Star game, it's never going to be a race completely. In a perfect world, it'd be a 1v1 tournament. Winner gets $2 million. Will never happen, but that would be best. So oh, because we know. Yes, sir. That's a great idea. Is it three dribbles? We do whatever we want. Three dribbles, two three dribble. dribble I prefer three dribble personally, but whatever they want. But we know the game's not going away, G. There'd be hands thrown in that. That, so, that game. You, because you, now individual pride is on you, the line. You could, like, that game, I don't see, I don't see how Kevin Durant loses. I mean, he like go just go watch if you want to watch that that go watch the USA basketball team. Him, Kyrie, yep. yeah, great oh, video. It's funny. Before you continue, Mike, it was one play during the All Star game. Kevin Durant was one on one with Dame, and he took him to the rack and he told him he said, "You too little." Yeah, he did. He was like, "You too little." <laughs> and then Dame came back with a half court step back three. Yeah. The one on one thing is the real fix. The NBA will never do it, but that is the one real fix. So because I know they're never getting rid of the game, I have four suggestions to what fix the game. What about a half-court shooting competition? These aren't I'd, chucks anymore. I'd watch that. They can stand there and shoot these things and make them. You're on my wavelength, Jay. Trust okay. me, I'm getting to that. So this is how you fix the All-Star game itself. It's not going to go away. You want to make it better? I have four ideas. One, you allow players to gamble on it, and they have to tell you what they gambled on before. So let's, for example, Dame Lillard. Yeah, bets that'll on, never happen. Bets on, yeah, these did. are never going to happen. This yeah. is how you make it more fun. <laughs> Dame Lillard, I bet over 32.5 points for myself. But they have the tickets up on the bottom of the screen so you know exactly what they bet on. All right, let's say Dame's playing defense on Tyrese Maxey. He bet Tyrese Maxey under 14 points. It's in the fourth quarter. Maxey's sitting at 11. We get some built-in defense. If you knew what these guys gambled on and they had to publicize, make two bets each, and you knew what they were playing for, it would la add a level of competitiveness and excitement from the very first tip yeah. to the end. Never going to happen. No, and I, I think it'd be fun as hell. Horrible idea. It'd be fun as hell. <laughs> okay, it might be fun, but... G, what do you think? Uh, yeah, they're not gambling. They're, like, I'm going to put the wager <laughs> out. These the, the, this, this stupid football dudes that do it in real life, like, they ain't going to get caught. Like, yeah, no. that's Well, they'd be allowed. This would be the one-day exception <laughs> where you're allowed. Yeah, I think it's a horrible precedent to set. <laughs> Take uh, this heroin. Only one day allowed. Yeah, yeah. man. Now, I know what? Adam Silver was the <laughs> What is going on here? Gambling, <laughs> but he's not going to put his arms around it like that. What about this, Mike? What about a best shot contest? Like horse. No. One <clears> shot. <throat> Everybody's got one shot, you know, you, however many people come in. And so it's 10 feet behind the goal and I'm going to make it. It's 10 rows up from half court Globestotter trial. That's so that's horse. Great. That's great. No, it's not horse because horse is a game of multiple shots. Oh, so like a one letter horse, essentially. It's, no, it's just, and then everybody gets a jut. Everybody, first of all, if you don't make it, I guess it wasn't a good shot. So everybody that makes their shot, this, their impossible shot, then you get a score once you make the shot. And so let's say it's Steph and he's standing under the goal opposite of the one he's shooting on. And from a set push position, not a run, he makes it. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. I'll give that a 10. You know, so based on the difficulty of the shot, the judges can award a score I would be. I would like to see from a creativity standpoint because the dunk contest, it's all been done. I'm, I'm for using that to replace the skills competition, the dunk competition. Okay. But these next ones are just on the game itself all right. to make the game better. Second idea to make the game itself better. We saw the in-season tournament work because they paid everyone half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. It was part of the regular season. I know it's not <laughs> apples to apples. How about every player on the winning team gets a million, the MVP gets nine million? Nine million? 20 million. So winning team gets 20 million. Nine million to the MVP, which gives you a massive incentive to try hard to yeah, win MVP. Yeah, but isn't everybody going to be just never giving the ball up then? So what's going to change? 
Well, there's <laughs> some sharing going on. Not maybe, much. A, maybe a cis counts more in the uh, in the. Voting. I don't know. But if you had I mean, a nine million point, dollar like, pot for MVP, it's every man for himself. I'm just saying. I'm trying to think of ways to make this game better. You put nine million dollars on the line for the MVP, G. I think we're gonna see a much better product. Um, I think what they should do is I think every player, every player should sponsor a family, <laughs> and like based on how you play or you know what what you. So so how I would do is is if you. <gasps> All the stats count, right? You make it where, like, hey, if you get a double-double, this family gets this amount of money, right? If you plan for somebody and you know they ain't got it, you'll play hard. You'll, like, if, if, because you, you're like, well, I'm already rich, bro, but, like, if, if, if I could get this family a million dollars, like, you know what I'm saying? If, if, right. if everybody sponsor a player, like, on a team, and they know for a fact that in Red Day, Red Day story, um, like you can make it crazy where like I winner that that family's gonna get a million dollars based on if you won or not. Be like, man, I play hard as heck. I would hope they would, but Money. who knows? That's a, that's a creative idea. I think the best way to do it, which would never happen, the best way to make the game ultra competitive, and you know you're getting a hundred percent max effort. Like if you can have a conversation with God first and say whoever is on the losing team, if y'all lose by more than six, you die tomorrow. <laughs> Bitch, your ass will be playing Man, hard. He's out here playing. Earl, Earl went a little further than I did. He's out here playing the Hunger Games. He, he yeah. went to the Salvation. Bet like, you'll play hard, yeah. Like, so My last two ideas. Jay, you alluded to a half-court shootout. I want four-point lines and five-point lines. I'm down with that. Four-point yeah. is from, 20, from 30 feet. And then five points essentially from half court. Or and beyond. just add, add, add that to the game, make it more fun. We already see Dane pulling up from half court with ease. You know, it would turn into a lot of guys chucking, which may not make it better, but at least there's a little more. Incentive. That'd be hard to watch if you got dudes just shooting fives yeah. all day. So, so, if you, so you, if you mean to tell me this Cat McNuggets is trying to make this Rock and Jock B-ball. Remember the 25-point yeah, shot that used to come from the rim? For down from the ceiling, right? Yep. Here's the thing, too. I would tell it like I would have another rim. If you're gonna gimmick it out, just make it all gimmicky. I would pull a side rim out and have it at eleven. <laughs> have I it saw at eleven feet and for six it, points for for that dunk is worth ten. If you dunk it on a on a ten on, on a twelve foot rim, we give you. Could you imagine the defense not knowing which goal to defend? That's crazy, right? Because <laughs> you go baseline, you could just be like, oh my gosh, they thought he was going baseline, An but idea he dunked it. An idea that didn't make my list was playing with two balls. And balls. Man, yeah, you I mean, having why two basketballs. Would even, like, why would you even come after <laughs> Yo, me like that? I know. What is good? Two why? pineapples. Well, having just two basketballs in play at all time. Okay. And having teams try to figure out. But here's what I really think would be the best solution. I, I genuinely think this is the best way to go about it. I'm not it. listening to you no more. I'm being totally East versus West, instead of captains, let's do Team USA versus Team World. So this year, now that I would watch. So this year, for example, based on all stars this season, Team USA would have been LeBron, Durant, Steph, Anthony Davis, and Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Versus Jokic, Luka, Giannis, SGA, and Embiid. That's your starting five for Team World and Team USA. You're telling me you're not going to watch that? And granted, it's an All Star game. They're not going to play super hard. But I have to imagine if it's Team USA versus Team World, they give a little bit more effort. And, and there's more interest. Exactly. Like even if you're not a fan of watching the All Star game, and you know. Look at the Olympics. We don't know ass about curling, but if we tell if you tell us that USA and Canada are in the curling finals, next thing you know, we're all curling experts. Facts. We don't know what a triple sow cow is except Facts. for during the Olympics. Facts. Because when you put a USA flag on it, then it becomes patriotic. And there is a re- that's a great idea, Mike, because there is a real rift going on right now about the NBA being taken over by European players and just international players. So maybe they can capitalize on that. And if you're not playing that game with pride, I would be stunned. You know, McNuggets, I would tie tie everything that they do into a formula for all NBA. I would, would, like, did you, that goes from how many games you play um, what did you do? In, did you make the all-star team? What did you do in the all-star game? The mid-season tournament? Did your team make the championship? Did you win it? 
and I would have every single thing that they that those things moving towards whether you make all NBA or not because all NBA to me is like it, it is a created thing that the league has. It's not the MVP or defensive player year, but all NBA dictates how much money you actually do make. Like it's like, oh, you like if you haven't made a first or second all, all NBA, NBA team, that's a big thing for some people. Like I make it I make it all incentivized to say, all right, well, look, if you want to be an all NBA, you better play hard during an all-star game because this counts. They did World versus Team USA for the rookie rising skills or rising stars challenge a few years ago. They got rid of it and now they have the G League. Why? Do you know that why they want to incorporate the G League and they end up getting more players this way. Yeah. Um, but they did it for How did it go when it was World? It was more competitive, but the Rising Stars Challenge is always more competitive because it's young guys who are in the All-Star game. So yeah. I'm not sure it's an exact apples to apples. Sure. But I do think, especially with how much talent Which there team is. Which won? I think it was pretty back and forth, to be totally honest. I'll, I'll double-check by the end of the show. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was back and forth. There have been some really good – like, Luca played on uh, the international team when he was 16 or whatever, and that's when the NBA scouts got their first, holy crap, this guy's going to be special look. But there's so much international talent right now. I think if you did split it up, there'd be more competition. And who wouldn't want to see the best Europeans and – around the world players versus the best the Americans have to offer. Like, it'd, it'd be kind of fun. So those are my options, my ideas to fix NBA All-Star Weekend. They'll never happen, but always fun to speculate. We're going to talk a little Browns now, guys. And before we do that, if you're looking to gamble, gamble responsibly and do it with FanDuel because it is America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA teams and players with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA.